Sunflower Podcast is your go-to podcast for entrepreneurship and business strategy. This is the Sunflower Podcast. Welcome back to Sunflower Podcast. It's good to be with you today. My name is Andrew Olson. I am your host here with Rob Ryan. Rob, it's always good to be with you. You too, Andrew. So Rob, we've been talking in this little series we've been doing about wannabe entrepreneurs. Um, and you pose a bunch of questions in the back of your book, Smart Ups, in the first chapter. Um, and we've been going through this list of questions and it's been fascinating to learn about wannabe entrepreneurs and to kind of check yourself and keep yourself in check and ask yourself, am I a wannabe entrepreneur or am I a stellar entrepreneur? One of the questions that you pose um, is asking yourself, you know, are you avoiding bootstrapping? Yeah, I mean, bootstrapping to me is, uh, is, is a almost like a religion, wherein you have a company product or service that is that you can bootstrap, meaning if you're uh, uh, attempting to build some incredibly difficult communications hardware or a satellite, um, probably a little bit diff- difficult to raise you know, family and friend money to bootstrap that. Um, but if you're building uh, an app or some sort of service, a lot of times, not always, you, it's, a, it's a candidate for bootstrapping. And sort of the benefits of the bootstrapping are many. One is you're going you're gonna to be a better startup because you're focused on getting down to the nitty gritty of product and service and getting it out and getting revenue coming in because you have to be you have no other money to live on. So that's forced you into that. Second, your ownership of this company is going to not be given away in the earliest stages because you know you bootstrapped. Um, and I think bootstrapped companies end up being better run companies in terms of everything. They're better in terms of figuring out what they need to do and with what product and service and getting to revenues uh, faster than those that are wallowing in money. Think about it, it's a sort of logical. If you're wallowing in money um, and you have some competencies that could have you go in 14 different directions, you know, frequently, people kind of wallow in the 14 different directions because they have money. But if you don't have money, you're gonna have to select and get out there and get revenues coming coming in um, and hope that you made a, a good decision. If you're using Sunflower, hopefully, you know, it helped you make a better decision than otherwise. Um, so I'm a big fan of bootstrapped entities. That's great. Yeah, I know we talked a little bit about bootstrapping in our previous episode. Um, but yeah, no entrepreneur is really above bootstrapping. Uh, I remember seeing a video from Amazon's early days with Jeff Bezos. He didn't even have a desk in his office. He used some cinder blocks with a piece of plywood on top, and, and that's what he was working off of. And now you look at them now, uh, multi, multi, multi-billion dollar company. So yeah. no entrepreneur is above, you know, the humbling stage of bootstrapping. Correct. The next question uh, you pose is, are you avoiding customers? 
What does that mean? Well, I've seen startups um, that, and this is pre-COVID, uh, but whether it's pre-COVID or during COVID are not engaging with, with customers. Um, when, when asked how come they're not actually talk, talking to prospects, they'll give all sorts of reasons. Um, well, we're, we're not ready yet. Um, you know, we don't have enough answers. Uh, we don't know exactly what we're doing. But if all of those answers are coming from, then you should definitely not be talking to, to money people, correct? Um, ultimately, the best thing you can do is at the earliest possible stage to get in front of you know, prospects um, and not trying to sell them on something uh, and trying to you know, get a piece of cash. But what you're trying to do is understand if their extinction problem or their worries that they're having in the evening, any of those things are being addressed by any of the things that you're doing in the, in the category that you're in. In other words, how strategic is the stuff you're proposing to, to their survival? Um, and, you know, everybody most likely is going to not want to insult you. Um, they're all going to be kind if you can get a meeting at all. And that's, by the way, why people tend to shy away from this because it's so hard to get a meeting, right? Um, it's hard to get past assistance. It's hard to do face-to-face -face in this day and age. It's hard to do even Zooms with the appropriate um, people. So hard, 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 and therefore shy away, shy away. And I would tell you, really bad idea. Um, keep trying harder. Um, you have to get meetings because that's going to unearth how they see your product and service idea or product if you have something, um, how much they're willing to pay, who are the other competitors that are already out there. Um, it'll, un it'll give you a whole treasure trove of data that otherwise you're not going to get. Great. Another question you pose in, the, in your book is, are you irritated with VCs that you're talking to? Yeah, I mean, lots of entrepreneurs have seen this or that on, you know, venture capitalists, and they're ir irritated with all of them for different reasons. Primary reason is they're still not not funded. Um, my my experience on on. Uh, venture capitalists in my age and, and now in this day and age is that they're a pretty shrewd group of people. If they've existed for any length of time, they've had to make good investments, enough so that the limiteds were making money. If the limiteds weren't making money, then that fund is going to fold. They're not going to be able to do a new fund and they're out of, they're out of it. So they're pretty shrewd. Um, and they have their own categorization system for wannabes. Um, they may not call it the wannabe, but trust me, they do. Um, and you know, your irritation is that they're not leaping and they're not leaping because you haven't answered 
you know, the bulk of the things they need answered. And so they're going to send you off with a smile and a handshake. And maybe you see them again, maybe you don't see them again, but you're not going to get a check um, you know, out of it. So you're gonna to continue to get irritated. Back to bootstrappers, they just get down to business and get down to talking to customers. Um, and now when they get in front of moneyed people, because at some point they're going to want money, they, got, they, have, they have the answers. They, they have so much data that if you're, you've got the data and you're way smarter than the, v, the VC on, then they're learning from you and they're getting a little impressed. If it's the reverse, they know a heck of a lot more than you do. Yes, you're in you know, deep doo-doo at that, at that point. <clears throat> Great. Um, is your product more like a single function? that mean? Yeah. So what that is, is how strong are your core competencies? And do you have a set of core competencies and a realization of those competencies in some product um, that, you know, has some, some there there and has some future? Um, so with a sense case, you know, we were all about communications technologies and there are also different sort of angles. You could go with communication technologies. There are different protocols in different countries. Um, and so we began to, to say, oh, we're going to take all of the ones that are viable and we're going to uh, build product for them, hardware and software, and we're gonna make them into work so that they can interwork and talk to each other, which is after all what communications is supposed to be about. Now, that's not a single function. I mean, that's a massive and hard, hard task. Assuming you can pull that off step by step, not overnight, then that would put you in a really good position with both customers and against competitors, wouldn't it? But sometimes you see, companies that come out with knockoffs of stuff that's already out there and they they just say you know ours is a little bit better here or a little bit better there that's not going to do it for me it's a little bit better in my my modeling is 100x if you're telling me something's 100x better then then I'm going to listen to you if you're babbling about a little bit better and you can't even quantify it um then you know all of my uh, brain sort of shuts off, you know, on yeah. you. <clears throat> Making sure you have value added to the customer for sure. Um, so does your function really fit better as part of a competitor's larger group of products or systems? Yeah, I mean, sometimes, and this is a difficult one. It could go either way. Um, you see somebody come up with some idea and even the ability perhaps to fulfill on the idea, but it's a really obvious idea. And it's, it's just a matter of time between, before Microsoft or Apple or Amazon just adds it you know, to their platform. Um, and <clears throat> now the question is, what is the matter of time? How much time, right? For example, Zoom and Skype were all doing 
you know, this kind of video, PC video, um, for you know quite some time now. Microsoft is is really decided that's part of their platform and it's Teams, right? And so, and it's important to Microsoft. It's strategic to Microsoft. So what that will mean to Zoom and others is they've really got a gorilla in the kitchen, uh, you know, now. But they did have quite a bit of time before the gorilla got in, got in the kitchen. So, you know, they got a, a, a pretty big business going and they should have been able to add more core competencies to make it hard for the gorilla to catch up. Time will tell on that, on that example. Um, but sometimes people are not adding much and it's fairly obvious what they're adding. And they're just hoping that the you know the platform or the gorilla, if you will, doesn't see it or doesn't got it in a release. Um, I don't like businesses like that because you can spend a lot of money, and then you get the bad news that you know Amazon just announced it, and you're just standing there right at the altar, and nobody's in the church. <laughs> Everybody's gone. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that example you just came up with, with with Microsoft and Teams and Zoom is perfect because Teams really had to reinvent their Microsoft really had to reinvent their Skype for Business product to compete with Zoom, um, which, as we know, Teams is the outcome of that, and they're giving them run for their money. Um, and in time, it might be more than a run. You know, yeah, that, that we'll remains see. to be seen. We'll see for sure. So is your company's vision something intergalactic in scope, vague and unable to be patented? Yeah, I mean, so there's a whole lot of uh, things in that question. So for example, I, without naming names, I was down playing tennis in Hawaii and met a young man who's uh, I've met before. And every time I meet him almost every year, he's doing a startup, um, but at no times did the startup actually get going. <laughs> so, um, so it's always uh, the new startup, the new shiny thing on the block, if you will. Um, and so the latest shiny thing on the block was the metaverse, the metaverse, I think. What about the metaverse? What is it you're doing? Um, you know, what is in fact? What is your definition of the metaverse? Um, and you know, and there's an example of some sort of vision to be in the hot area, right? The hot area. We're not entirely sure what in the metaverse, and the team executing on it is not even a definable team. It's people that may or may not work in the evenings but I'm not sure what they're actually work, working on. So, you know, the, you range from startups like that, which to me is not, you know, it's worth the, the two and a half minutes I spent while I was walking away from the tennis court um, uh, to startups more like Sunvia, right? Where you have a superstar um, entrepreneur, you know, married up with Rob, you know, um, there's, there's such a huge range in, in between. What I'm looking for though, 
personally is I'm looking for people that have the ability to execute, have the core competencies in their areas, have a unique vision on the areas that they're you know, aiming at and have the ability to build team uh, because you can't do things all by yourself. And if you don't have the ability to build team and have a core team to begin with, then you're in trouble. Um, my age in the 90s, it was, it was hard to find you know, really good engineering and really good talent, period. Today, I think you can square that, right? It's probably twice as hard or five times as uh, um, hard or squared um, hard. Um, it's, it's like you better come with your team and a whole bunch of people in mind. Otherwise, you're going to be just sort of sitting by yourself. And again, no investor that is, does this in a manner professionally is going to get caught that way because they've seen too many times where they put money into a thing, but that team wasn't able to fill out to be able to bring the whole team in. And hence, you're just wasted your, your money. Yeah, exactly. You know, so the next pet question you pose is, are you afraid to talk to customers fearing that they may steal your idea? Yeah, I've, I've actually seen startups that are afraid to tell anybody about their idea. And that, of course, is quite silly. At some point, you're going to have to share. But remember, the key word is idea. Real startups, the, the more cogent ones, the more powerful ones, try to convert their idea into something palatable that they actually can show a customer. Um, a piece of software, you know, uh, uh, you know something. Um, that they can show a customer. And then clearly you want to interact with the customer to get, to get feedback. If you're just bouncing around at the idea level, well, ideas are like belly buttons. You know, we all have one. And they're actually, to me, like, who cares? Everybody has ideas. It's, can you find the right idea with the team? You know, all the things we've been saying, and that in lies the startups that go on to do great things and the startups that you never hear about. When you explain your business idea, do you have to go into excruciating detail for people to understand it? Yeah, I mean, that gets back to the, the people when you're sort of carrying 100 pages of PowerPoint around or the equivalent on Zoom, you know. Um, can you explain everything to somebody in one page, if you had one page of writing, uh, one whiteboard or less, or several floors on an, on an elevator? And not only can you explain it, but can they go, wow, wow, I'm excited. Can, where do I buy this? Or can I get this now? That's, that's the reaction that you're wanting. Uh, what people end up doing is they don't have that clarity. They don't get that reaction because they're sort of, you know, sort of bouncing around uh, all over the board. Uh, remember I told you with, with money people, money goes to those that don't need money. 
Um, that's the definition of money. Um, yeah. Why don't they need money? Because they're actually got customers paying for things and they've got their act together or they're self-funded. Um, so you have to convert yourself from somebody who needs money into an impression that you don't need money because you really got your act together. And if they don't get into the deal quickly enough, they're not going to be able to get a piece of the action. Um, and it's a, it's a selling situation you're, you're in with any angel or with an investor. Um, wait too long and you're going to miss it. But they know that they're not going to miss anything if you come in and can't have most fundamental questions answered. <laughs> That's great. You know, Rob, this has been a great conversation on wannabes today. I think we're going to leave it here today and go into part four of the wannabe entrepreneur next week. So thank you everyone for joining us here on Sunflower Podcast today. It's been great to be with you. Um, if you're enjoying these podcasts, go ahead and leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. If you want to connect with us on social media, we're on LinkedIn. Find us at the Sunflower Academy. You can also find Rob on LinkedIn at Rob Ryan. Uh, if you have a question you'd like answered here on an upcoming episode, go ahead and message us on our LinkedIn page. It's been great to be with you here today and we'll talk to you next time. Great.